Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Good, strong start. This is going to be a two-parter that we didn't know, frankly, was going to be a two-parter. So right now we have part one of the top 13 horrifying horror movies involving kids doing terrible, terrible, terrible things. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. We're in a... What do we call it? Halloween World. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's your term. I know. And a good one. It is a great one. Hey, I'm Carrie, <laughs> and I'm here. Guess who else is here? Oh, yes. Hello. <laughs> it's me. I'm back. Jack. Jack with Lily on his lap. And Lily. And I'm Dean. And Dean is going to be creepy. We are. Well, Uh-oh. I don't know if I like that introduction, but we are, since this is, when we're uploading this, Halloween, Halloween. 2022, Ow. our final episode from Hollow Weird World. Today, we thought you'd bring something scary, but something scary in movies. Ooh, fun. But even a little creepier, not just scary movies, without we need to find a little more. These are truly horrifying horror movies because... They involve kids, aye, aye, little aye. kids doing pretty bad things. I wanted to stick to movies where actually they're not teenagers yet. So, oh really? Oh, pretty young kids okay. doing pretty nasty things is our theme here. We have the top thirteen kids behaving badly horror movies. Perfect <laughs> number mm. thirteen. Yes, that was not unintentional. Indeed, I may have uh, cheated Fudged a little bit <laughs> to get that number, but we'll see. <laughs> eh. So. Let's start, though, with some honorable mentions oh, yeah, first, yeah. real quick. Just ones that didn't make it for one reason or another. And most are kind of the same theme, which is maybe they're a bit old or maybe they didn't exactly have control. You don't fit uh, the criteria exactly. Yeah. Have you heard a movie called We Need to Talk About Kevin? Unfortunately. Oh, yes. From 2011, Ezra Miller is doing things even worse than sexual harassment. And before he became The Flash, he was... Um, Involved in a school shooting. It's actually not really a horror movie. It's they. more of a family drama kind of a thing. But it's um, yeah. But he's a little too young. He was a teenager. They, they were a little too young. They were a teenager. Are you, wait, are you talking about the Ezra. actor Ezra Miller? Yeah, yeah this is a while they. ago. They were uh, a teen at the time. The Grudge from two thousand four. Oh, Toshio is the pretty little- scary. <laughs> the little ghost, but he doesn't really. I don't think do terrible things himself. Does well, he? Well, I think terrorizing somebody. Yeah. He wails weirdly, and he scares the shit out of people. So he's close. They were close. The grudge yeah. didn't make it pretty close. And similarly, was The Ring from 2002, or Ringu from 1998, oh, the original yeah. Japanese movie. Samara is a little girl, but she just kind of sits around with long, stringy black hair, looking creepy, until the very end. Spoiler alert. By the way, there's going to be a shit ton of spoiler oh, alerts. Just a blanket spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. And when she crawls out of the videotape and kills someone, but other but That's before terrible, that, yeah, she's not she's not doing it. She went, doesn't curses. she crawl out of a well or something? Out of a yeah. well, and then yes. out of the TV. At the mm-hmm. end, she crawls out of the TV. Right? That's just yep. the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's not of the video. She's not doing it until the very very end. So that didn't make the cut either. Similarly to the Ezra Miller <laughs> movie, there's a movie called um, Better Watch Out. From 2016. Never heard of it. Mm -mm. It's a psychopath named Luke, but he's also a teenager, so I didn't include it. There was a movie called The Children from 2008 that was about 
killer. This one was really close. I probably should have put it in, but it was a bunch know, of killer yeah. kids that do horrible things driven by some kind of bacteria. I just, <laughs> I just couldn't include everything, what? though. It actually sounds like a, I've never seen it. Sounds like a pretty good movie. I couldn't do it all. Couldn't have them all in. The Children. Okay. Orphan from 2009. Oh, yeah. Why was that not in here? Well. Because she's not nice. She's 37. Yeah. Oh, what the hell she is. So Yeah. She's not really a kid. Scary. But she's very, very creepy, yes. Chucky from 1988 Child Play. <laughs> yeah. That's not here because um, he's a doll, doll yeah. not an actual child, so no. Yeah. And the actual killer is like an adult. Yes. Roy or Ray or whatever his name is. I don't remember. It's been a long time. I think I saw that movie when yeah. it came out. I remember seeing it. We did. 1988. Well, no. Oh, no. I saw it uh, years, years later. I remember you might have seen it with me and Probably, Aaron. Yeah. Really? Quality parenting there, Carrie. Hey, you know, we're old enough. Uh, bitch, you're the one who showed us The Grudge when I was six. It's a good movie. I wanted to see it. <laughs> you guys hadn't been in the room. Yep. Spider Baby from 1967. Spider Baby. A weird-ass movie in which the kids doing bad, terrible things, like murder and rape, are not... I, they're at least in their teens. They've got to be. They're acting very child. They have this weird syndrome that makes them like devolve when they get into their teens. They actually mentally and psychologically devolve, and they become more and more childish, but also more and more violent. And huh. so, so they're not really. They're they're a little bit old. I I, I don't know. I never I never read how old they are. But look, the actors and they look. I mean, honestly, they look make they might be twenty. Yeah, but. They're not. They're clearly not little little kids. It was kind of a. It was a really low budget B movie that predated Grindhouse Cinema, but what year was it from? Nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, I mean wow. Spider Baby, the the lead character, for lack of a better term, she eats spiders. That's why she's called Spider Baby. Oh, cool. And they do terrible, terrible things. They kill spider some people. Spider Baby. <laughs> the famous, famous, famous song by the Kit. Yes. Last honorable mention goes to Firestarter. Oh, very young okay. Drew Barrymore, yeah. but I don't think she really meant to burn things. She wasn't really evil, was she? I don't. Well, remember I've never seen that. that no, she wasn't evil. She just started fires. But when I think that's she, beside the point. But she didn't really mean it. I'm I, giving I, Drew the benefit of the doubt. I same. didn't include that. She had a rough childhood. She did, Carrie. Come on, give yeah. Her, give her a break. Give um, her a break. I'm gonna. I want to bring up an honorable mention because well, it was. What if it's, if on, it's on my list? You probably should from do that. my childhood. Okay, again. I want to stress. He's We're a gonna, teenager. Okay. So what why? Is it? Oh, okay. Bad Ronald? Bad Ronald, no. 1974. 1974. Film. LOL. Really? With a 14-year-old Jodie Foster. Remember? <gasps> yeah. After school special? I never heard of it. Is it, it was, a feature? It, uh, no. ABC. Really? Yeah. So it wasn't after school special. I was being facetious. Well, no, it was shown at nighttime because oh, okay. it was about a murderous teenager named Ronald. Uh, Bad Ronald. Yeah. Today that would be an after school special. I remember this movie from back in the day and he he killed a girl and so he lived like in an old Victorian house with his mom and in order to keep him shield him from getting caught, she like walled up a bathroom. Ooh. I don't know how she did it, if she wallpapered over it or whatever, and would bring him his meals and stuff. So it was like he was gone, and then she died, and he was oh, that's not stuck. Good. He was well, he could he could get out, but then a family move into the house, and uh, Bad Ronald is living in the walls. Oh, that's not good. Did they yeah. feed him fish heads? Did they? Did he? Did he kill him? They didn't know he was there. Okay, they still could have fed him fish heads. That's the least they could do. Well, I feel like no, he could get out and do get whatever things. he wanted out of the fridge. 
<laughs> oh God, <gasps> that's happening. So in that my was life. inspired by the Denver mm-hmm. Spider Man episode. <laughs> so anyway, good one, Kara. Thank you for that addition. That's good. I'll mention. All right, I didn't come across that. I don't have any to add. Sorry. Our last major honorable mention will go to something very similar to, uh, or at least there's a, there's a good segue from Carrie's Bad Ronald, and that is a movie called The Little Girl Who Lived Down the Lane from yeah. 1976. <laughs> Rin Jacobs, played by... Jodie Foster. She's new to this little main seaside town. She's alone on her birthday when the landlady's adult son pops over, played by Martin Sheen, in yeah. a very what? creepy turn. Very creepy, Martin. She visits her and he tries to molest her. I don't like that. But she's always alone, right? So everybody wants to know where's Why? dad. Yeah. And she says, "Oh, my dad's. You know, he's on a. He's he's a poet. He's from England. They're from England. They moved to the United States recently, very recently. And so she says, he's. I think he's supposed to be in New York talking to a publisher or something like that. Because you know, poets mm-hmm. make enough money to do to actually live. Sure. And in this world, in this." alternate reality and so but everybody wants to know what's going on what happened to her dad especially the landlady who gets kind of nosy the landlady starts sniffing around and she goes into the basement she Uh sees something scary in there and as she's rushing out of the basement it's like a a trap door like in the den or something like that it's in the house the trap door is in the house as he accessed the basement and the basement door actually falls on her head and kills her that'll do it so Rin is pretty freaked out. So we find out, though, that Rin's mother was abusive. So her dad actually fled with her, I think from England, I don't remember, to Maine. But he was terminally ill. So after he got her set up, this house, I guess, I don't know if he gave her money or whatever he had, he then went out to the ocean and killed himself, timing it appropriately so his body would be taken out to sea by the tide so oh. she could not you know people she can just pretend her dad is alive always never around when anybody comes by mm-hmm. and live a happy life free from her abusive mother bad mommy however does find rin so rin goes into the kitchen where her dad had left her a little bit of powder in a container he told her it was something that if her mom ever found her, she should give this to her mom as a sedative just to calm her down and relax her or maybe make her fall asleep so she could escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's potassium cyanide. And I'm pretty sure Rin knew exactly what it was, was and what it was going to do. So she poisons her mom and kills her. <laughs> she meets a village boy. Actually, she's already met him. He's really nice to her and they're getting along. I think they're making out and stuff like that. I don't remember. And the village boy helps her bury the two bodies. Well, that's nice of him. And oh, wow. then the village, the town cop comes over and just like, I want to see your father. This is bullshit. Show me your father. So the village boy, <laughs> I think on the spur of the moment, the village boy Show me your father. disguises himself as an older man and pretends to be her father to ward off that cop. That cop, though, is his uncle. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but it works. Who's fooled <laughs> Who's by idiot. his nephew. <laughs> It, <laughs> in Groucho Marx glasses. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, I, that's, do we know the actor who plays the kid? I don't. Yeah. I'm sure I, don't I also remember this movie. Really? It's the same era as Bad Ronald. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mid-70s? Bad mm-hmm. Ronald. Yep. Yeah, 76. This one was 76. Yeah. Unfortunately, the nice boy gets sick, 
the neighbor boy uh, that she's got to get a relationship with. He's hospitalized that night. Then Jodie Foster's asleep. All of a sudden, she hears this noise. And she goes out, and the trap door is slowly opening. And then some person, like in a cape and a disguise, comes out, <laughs> and it's ta da! Martin Sheen as the evil guy, the evil landlady's son, and he knows what she's done. I don't know if he found the body or not. I don't remember his mom's body, but he's okay with that because they're going to own this house now. And, oh, and uh, they can be guess together. What? Yes. He basically blackmails Rin into agreeing to a sexual relationship. It's very subtle in the movie, but it's pretty obvious what he has in mind. Yeah. And she sort of, sort of pretends to sort of accept it. He says something about wanting some tea. So she goes in to make some nice tea. Oh. She puts a little powder in little sugar. her cup. She's thinking one step ahead. She's next level. She's playing four-dimensional yeah, chess. She, she's a brilliant child she murderer. Is. She takes it in there. Martin Sheen is like, he's like, you know, oh, taking his cup. And he puts it out and goes, oh, okay, let's have that tea now. And then he grabs her cup. Starts drinking. He goes, you know why I got your cup? And she goes, no, why? I said, blah, 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 whatever. He drinks and he tells her, so we're going to have a nice life together. Da, 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 da. All of a sudden he starts coughing, which... I don't think they really looked up how cyanide works, <laughs> but he just starts coughing. I know, it, and the the camera kind of pulls away as Martin Sheen off screen now coughs and coughs and coughs, and just focuses on Jodie Foster placidly drinking her tea as he dies. Mm-hmm. Correct. The end. The reason that's the last honorable, honorable mention not on the top list is why she's a teenager. Barely, it was so close. That day that opens up with her on her birthday, selling, celebrating her birthday alone, thirteenth birthday. Had to leave it out. But then sorry, you Jody, told us the whole movie. I did because I had already written that before. I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. number fourteen. No, 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 no. We have thirteen. I swear to God. <laughs> so here we go, number one, or actually really number fifteen. I have them numbered because I could not figure out how to renumber backwards. So. Until we get to 14 and 15, which are actually two and one, I'm in the middle. I might get a little confused how to do the math. So I think you already are. Number yeah. 13. That doesn't make sense. Number thir- what? Well, you know, well, I'm going, I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards. Okay. So okay. Number th- just go. Number 13 <laughs> is Village of the Dam. Oh, 1960. Yeah. Have you? Well, yeah. yeah. This is a classic. It's black it and white. It has been remade. It has been remade multiple okay. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The original one, the best one is from 1960, black and white British classic. Starts out in the little town oh, of no. Midwich, where all of the adults suddenly fall asleep. And it's kind of a big thing. Everybody knows about it, because I, I guess even a plane flying over this area, the pilot fell asleep, and it cra- and the plane sure. crashed. Well, people wow. know about it. But they wake up eventually, and about two months later, all of the village women, some of them even virgins, are pregnant. Ooh. Happens. Mm-hmm. They didn't give birth to... I think they all give birth on the same day, yeah. a la the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> and those kids become these kind of platinum blonde with weird eyes, and they act like they're in a hive. So they're very weird from the very, very beginning. So there's something wrong with these kids, clearly. Mm. The lead kid is named David. He's the worst of them. Even as a baby, David used his telekinetic powers, or his telepathic powers, to make his mom pregnant with him stick her hand in boiling water. What? Why? So why? So he's because he's evil as a fetus. Huh? Because they're, <laughs> they're damned. See, not much older. Pro he choice. makes a man drive. <laughs> what? What? This is why you'd be pro-choice because <laughs> of I'm the village of the damned. Saying. So somebody drives a man drives his 
car into a wall. And I guess it's like it was witnessed. And, and they can see the kids, I don't know, like, like you know, yeah, exactly, up to no good when this happens. So <laughs> suspicion starts to fall on the kids. Like maybe the kids, and there has been a series of mishaps and unexplained deaths in the last few years. The kids are now, I don't know, it doesn't say how they are. They've got to be, I don't know, maybe they're 10. They're how not many, that old. How many kids are there? There's several. I'm not going to answer because I don't remember, but okay. <laughs> a few, a handful Enough of kids, yeah, to cause mayhem and havoc. A yeah. gaggle, a gaggle of kids. I don't know if there's that many, depending on how you define gaggle. So the villagers, seven or more. Okay, no, I don't know actually. <laughs> Made that up. The villagers realize that they're they're evil and, uh, or at least, start to to be very suspicious. So the brother of the guy who drove his car into the wall, oh. he goes to them with his suspicions, and they make him shoot himself in the head. Wow. Not good. Bad planning. He didn't think that through. Since he, if they could make his brother crash into a wall, they could, he probably shouldn't have had a gun. Yeah. Um, you never tell the bad guys you're on it. No, though. that's a horrible idea. They should have, I mean, they did. They would all walk around as a group looking really free. It's just, there's no reason to not have thought they're up to any good long before the movie starts. So long before they were suspected. A little bit weird. It turns out there were other affected towns. This happened, I guess, around the world at various places. At the same time, this kind of event, a similar event happened where they got pregnant, they had kids, and the kids are weird, right? <laughs> and so the British government says, we've got to do something. Let's Uh-oh. blow up these kids. Whoa. Now, don't judge because oh, just recently, before that took place, the Russian government, the Soviet government, had nuked the village that had the kids where their event happened. That's overkill. Yeah. Well, I, so the British gov- yeah. government's showing some restraint. I think we should. Sure sounds like both of those governments. <laughs> Let's just bomb it. There's a the kind of the lead actor is George Sanders, and he plays a guy named uh, something Zellaby Gordon. I think it's Gordon Zellaby. His son was one of the damned. I mean, it was his his <laughs> wife's. You know, not really so, his though. I, I, yeah, we don't know. He probably didn't do that. If you know, it's never really explained the way the next one is. So mm-hmm. he decides I got to do this myself. So he takes a bomb into wow. a room with all the kids, and he's gonna blow them up. And when he's he's ready, he knows they have these telepathic powers. So he blinks his mind by thinking of a brick wall, and they so they can't read his mind and force them to do things. Is that how it works? I, it is in this movie. Sure, in nineteen sixty. <laughs> Think of a brick line, brick wall, brick wall. So David though breaks through and starts. I think like starts destroying the buildings, crumbling down. Crumble, crumble. But I, I think Gordon purposely detonates the bomb killing him but also all the kids he has sacrificed himself to save the world yeah. from who yeah. knows what was gonna happen. a hero yeah he's damn right he's a hero so those kids are pretty evil they are i don't like those kids very similar number 12 1979's the Brood. Never mm. heard of it. No, not many have. It's not. <laughs> it did okay. I, I actually do remember this. I've heard of it. It is a little bit weird because it's not clear they're for sure, for sure kids in the strictest sense of human children, but they are for sure evil. And I'm so I'm going to give it to them. Sure. I'm, I'm allowing the kids to be like demons and shit like that. Just well, so of you know. course. These they, are not. They that. look like kids. Yeah. Well, these are weird because. 
I mean, anything can be evil in the hands of director David Cronenberg. Am I right, people? That's true. The Even a little director. cow fetus. Mm, so he makes these kids <laughs> weird. Yeah. The um, No, you're thinking of David Lynch. Thank you. Yes, I am. Yeah, this is different. Like the kids in The Village of the Dam, the, the brood kids are the spawn of something mm-hmm. kind of external. You know, they're caused by something. In this case, though, they're made by this psychotherapy technique called psychoplasmics. And it was used, this guy named Raglan developed it, and and it actually kind of changed the physical nature, I guess the the, the brain of its his clients who are going through this procedure for psychological issues they're having. And in this case, though, it produced the brood. It produced these kid-like creatures. The kids are kind of asexual. They're colorblind. They're toothless. They're very pale again. And they also have no navel because, you know, they're not this... A normal from a womb kind of kids. No umbilicord. And they also have, they also are psychopathically murderous at the behest of their queen, queen bee, whose name is Nola. Nola was a former patient. She was a pa- patient Nola. during this. She may have actually spawned all of them, I think. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But she was very, very psychologically disturbed. She had a really abusive mom and a bad childhood. The children <laughs> kill. They, they, they do a lot of bad things, right? One of the things they kill Nola's mother-in-law. It's a hard time to, to get the, keep the characters straight in this thing. There's a lot of people coming in and out. But their mother-in-law, so not Nola's mom, but her mother-in-law, she's protecting Nola's daughter. So Nola has, a, this is, you know, Nola has a daughter already. Correct. And they kill the mother-in-law. They then kill the mother-in-law's ex-husband who comes to take care of of the daughter when his <laughs> ex-wife dies. They then kill the daughter's teacher in her oh. own goddamn classroom with wow. kids present. Oh, good lord. And they abduct the little girl. Take her away, right? The, the brood girl. does. Yeah. They're they're weird looking. They're like dwarfs. They're like dwarf mutant. I don't I'm not allowed to use that word, but they're not they're, they're kind of like that. Okay. The inventor Raglan of the process, he admits, you know, this is my fault. I caused this. I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. See, he says that he explains to I can't remember who Nola somehow quote pathogenetically produced the brood while undergoing his treatment. So she's getting the treatment, and somehow she pathogenetically, which I'm not sure is a word. I don't know if that's a thing. And this created mutant kids, like like in a it's like an external womb, and they grow in this womb, and then they pop out as a little baby brood creature, and then they grow up. Very quickly, I That's think. That's how she could have so many at a time. I think, right? yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Sure. This created mutant kids as kind of a reflection of her suppressed anger from her own abusive oh, childhood is what he theorizes. Okay. So is that energy, that bad That's energy. That's how that works. I think so. It's so, plasmatics. Wait, or it plasma, wasn't no. her mother that tried to protect her daughter. It was her mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, right? okay. yes. Exactly. Raglan, meanwhile, <laughs> tries to rescue... The daughter, I, can't, I think it's Christine, I want to say. I'm not positive. Christine. While Frank, the dad, the husband, who is, you know, separated from Nola, he goes to Nola, Nola and like, hey, hey, you know, let's work this out. But he's really just trying to distract her. Yeah, that's while, what you do. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah. Exactly. You don't say, hey, I'm here to distract you. Yeah. Or you don't say, I'm going to get you. No, exactly. you say, let's get back together, lady. Come on, man. <laughs> Let me put on little Lizzo and we'll... What the hell? When uh, Nola 
Lizzo, famously romantic music. Very maker. romantic music. <laughs> Very romantic. Let me put on some Cardi B. All I right. Mean, some of the songs. She produces another creature from that external womb right there with him in the in the room. And oh, then goodness. she starts licking it clean. Frank is unable to hide his disgust. Well, yeah. I would imagine. She notices though, and she goes, like, okay, you're lying. So what basically what happened is she's happy, the brood is inactive. They're like asleep, I guess, apparently. So Raglan was going in there to get the daughter from the brood, and the brood are non-responsive because the husband is keeping her calm. She's no longer calm, so the brood wake up when Raglan is getting the daughter from them. And they kill him, Raglan, and then the brood, I guess, I think, oh, Candace, her name's Candace, the daughter. Mm -hmm. She escapes into a room, closes the door. They're trying to break down the door. And I don't know how, I haven't seen this in a long time. I think I've seen parts of it. Frank somehow, the husband somehow knows this, or, or maybe he's just, oh no, she knows, she's on to me. What can I do? I so gotta go get Candace. No, he's gotta kill oh. her. Oh, I'll kill mama? Yeah, so he starts strangling Nola out of desperation, and he's right. As soon as she's done, he strangles her out. Yeah. The brood all fall down. There's no more psychic connection. They're, they're essentially dead. He should have brought a bottle of wine with a sedative in it. I hadn't thought about that. that. That's a good worked. point. Yeah. You mean the sedative that Jodie Foster used? No. Um, okay. no, no, I know. no. Who played Nola? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know a lot of people playing these. Millie okay. Bobby Brown. None of these people were big major actors, I don't think. Okay. So Frank gets Candace. She's pretty fucked up, as you might imagine. Gets in the car. They start driving away. And we, the audience, see these little marks <gasps> On her arm that we remember, they resembled the first germination of the marks that were on Nola's body. Uh oh! Exactly. What? What does that mean? It implies Candace is going to have the same condition. She's going to grow these babies somehow. She's going to be the next oh. brood mom. She's going to be next. No. Yep, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Carrie hmm. was slow on the uptake. <laughs> is your dad going to kill her? Well, how old is she? She's not old. But Carrie, these are brood babies. They don't have to be. No, don't don't go with like actual, you know, sexual uh, reproduction. There we go. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. no science. Okay, now we're on to a movie I know you'll know about because it's one of the most famous movies ever. With oh, a I terrible, terrible child. I know it. What is it? The Exorcist. Close. It's oh, the, oh, the Omen. Omen. Oh. 1970. Six spoilers for later. (laughs) Possibly for those of you who don't know, the Omen does have one of the most evil kids in the history of movies. Damien, Damien, who is the Antichrist. Gregory Peck plays his father. I think it's Lee Remick as the mom. I believe. I believe so. I think so. Rest in peace. He is in Rome, where he is a diplomat. He's an American diplomat. He's in Rome there, and his child dies. And not quite childbirth, but right after. And he doesn't want to tell his wife. And some priest comes to him and says, basically, hey, you know, I can fix this. So they swap out an orphaned child, a baby that was just orphaned, and said, hey, here's your child. Wink, wink. You know what I'm saying. Yikes. So he's going to pass it off on his wife as, no, our baby's fine. Here he is. This is little Damien. And this little Italian child is yours. Blonde, <laughs> blue-eyed Lee Remick. <laughs> yes, that's true. Gregor Peck has brown hair. Damien has, to his credit, Greg uh, Damien has, hey, brown hair. Maybe he's northern Italian, Carrie. They get very, very Germanic up there. Okay, so. I'm just saying I would know 
If oh, a child wasn't mine. Of course you would, Gary. Really? That's hap- that switch that birth has happened, Gary. You don't know. They do, too, know. You, the parents don't know. Yeah, they have feelings. Moms do. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> they have feelings. Ten years I've, later I've when, they, when they find out. Wow. But uh, so Lee Remick, the mom, she does, as Carrie says, senses something is wrong. Something's not quite right. Moms always know. She especially senses this when the infant baby tries to slash at her face. So <laughs> with what? A some knife? Hints, some Razor hints. sharp baby fingernails. He's the oh. Antichrist. Yeah, baby fingernails are nasty. Oh, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like getting a thousand paper cuts. It's Death worse by a thousand when your cuts? two-year-old gouges a chunk of your eyeball out <laughs> yeah. with her sharp fingernail. So he starts doing some terrible, terrible things. For instance, when she's in a wheelchair... Um, I can't remember why. I think from an injury he did probably. And he's like, she's on the near a balcony and he's riding his tricycle around. He accidentally veers into her, knocks her over the balcony to fall to not her death, but to be <sighs> injured. Uh, below his devil worshiping nanny famously hangs herself in a swan dive during a soiree out. She does yeah. it for him. The one of the best lines in the history of movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. His mere presence at a zoo drives a bunch of baboons insane and they attack a car. Just because baboons know. I mean, they know a devil. Sure. I mean, animals, they have the extra senses. They have baboon animal sense, exactly. Damien is also kind of willing to kill anyone that threatens his rise to becoming the upcoming Antichrist. Which, how so? A priest is on to him. I guess he, like... The priest is on to him. He can't go into a church. Okay, let me rephrase that. (laughs) (laughs) He can't go into a church. So this priest goes, okay, there's something wrong with this kid. And the priest warns Gregory Peck, hey, I think your kid is bad. Right. So later on, the priest is looking up towards like there's an old building or something like that. And a a pole falls down and famously impales him like an iron pole impales him right through him and sticks into the ground. It's another classic scene from this movie. Seared into my memory. This movie has some phenomenal physical scenes. There's some amazing visuals in here. The next next most one amazing that was just shocking for 1976, believe you me, especially for a a major movie with big actors. This wasn't a violent B movie at all. Yeah, no. And this next scene, there's a photographer and he befriends Gregory Peck. They're kind of working together. He notices a bunch of odd shadows in pictures of Damien's victims Uh-oh. You know, who later die. It's his real daddy. And so, no, yes, I guess, but he noticed that and so he tells Gregory Peck, so he's a threat also. So he's in the car and he's driving behind a truck with big old plate glass windows. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a sudden stop from an accident or something like that ahead uh-huh. and a plate glass window goes right back in the car and decapitates him. His head rolls over across the plate glass win- window in a scene on- that was just honestly it shocked america yeah. america's like oh what the fuck america shit itself collectively. <laughs> shocked america. it really did it was like it was a big big it was controversial that it even made it into the cut he even has his goddamn new nanny mrs Baylock, throw his mom out of a hospital window when she's on to him I mean, she's, she was hospitalized for her from her fall right and so i guess she, 
I can't remember exactly what, what induced it, but she's kind of, you know, knows he's bad. And so the nanny goes and tosses her out a window at the hospital. Which is odd because usually parents of evil children still want to protect those evil children in movies. Lee Ram- yeah. Well. They do. Uh, Damien's not taking any chances, Carrie. Okay. I he's going to yeah. take care of anybody who's, who might be a threat to him. Well, that's the entire generally, world. <laughs> generally evil. Well, not exactly the entire yeah. world, Carrie. I think that if the Antichrist ran and he... Uh, said the same things that Donald Trump said, I think they'd be a major, major core support for him in the, today's Republican uh-huh. Party. I have no doubt whatsoever. He can say, I am the Antichrist. Yeah. Donald Trump can tomorrow say, I am the Antichrist, and he had maintained the vast majority of his support. Not kidding. So, Gregor Peck he had... might lose er- a couple. Mm, very few. Gregor Two. Peck had earlier been introduced to an Antichrist expert. <laughs> Seriously, that is how he is described in things I read. And he tells Gregory sure. Peck that, okay, listen, if he really is the Antichrist, your son, Damien, you're, you're going to find a 666 on him somewhere. It'll be like a birthmark, okay? So go sure. home, look for it. If you find it, here are seven knives, and you need to stab him with these <gasps> knives. Or these, I don't know if he has to stab all of them. I remember this part of the movie. And he gives him these, these special knives, right? So Gregory Peck goes home with his special knives, and he, uh, Damien's sleeping, and he goes and he checks them out, and, and he does, he pulls back his hairline, and he sees a little 666, so he knows my kid is the Antichrist, I gotta do what I gotta do, but you gotta do it on like hallowed ground, or consecrated ground, or something like that. Yeah. So he grabs him and takes him out screaming into the car, and drives to a cathedral, where he's gonna rid the world of this great evil. Sadly, however, as he's got him you know, hold him down on a big altar slab or something uh, and try to stab him. A cop shows up, says, stop, I'll shoot. But oh, he's no. gonna, he starts to stab him and the cop shoots Gregory Peck and kills him. Biblical. Yikes. It is very biblical. We cut to the funeral for Damien's parents, both dead. He is now an orphan. Where's Damien? Holding the hand of the first lady standing next to the president of the United States. Very good friends with Gregory Peck. The president and the first lady are going to <laughs> take care of this poor lost oh, yeah. child that they don't know is the Antichrist. <gasps> it then ends with one of the also phenomenal visuals from this movie where, you know, the camera just kind of goes to a mini close up of Damien and he just turns around and has this fiendish little smile at the camera like hey this ain't over folks All yeah right? oh no no he's just getting started it's yeah. a great sound. weren't there at least three damien there were and it wasn't yeah it was not over there was more omens yes but i mean i guess you this movie has to be here for kids behaving badly but you know damien is i mean his dad is a devil and his mother his real mother was somehow a jackal so oh. that's confusing they find they they found the the, in the grave of his mother back in Italy, they found the bones of a jackal, and then next to it, they found the bones of a baby. So, because Gregory Peck's kid right. did not really die accidentally, yeah. he was killed to make this all happen. So, a special mention along the same lines here to a movie called Eli from 2019. Hang on a second. Yes, I I have a little tidbit Tell of us. trivia. Tell us the actor who mm-hmm. played Damien Thorne. Mm-hmm. Um, punched two cyclists in a road rage attack and was given a suspended sentence on Friday the 13th. Wow. In January 2017. Oh, I'd much rather it's 1978 <laughs> and he was like nine. <laughs> that would have been I know. much, much more interesting. Oh, well, funny. Damien. Damien was possessed. Maybe, well, you know what? Maybe he really was. Someone should look into that. Harvey Spencer Stevens was his name. That's the guy's, that's the kid's name? That's Damien? Harvey. Mm-hmm. Nice, Harvey. 
Harvey yeah. did not go on to a lot of more acting roles, did he? He I was typecast as the child so of demons. You know, there weren't that many roles like that, even in the 80s uh, and 70s. Okay, you can go on. A That's special mention right now to Eli from 2019. If you don't want to know how, because this is a new movie. It's on Netflix right yeah. now. So it's I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but spoiler alert for the next minute or so. He's a little kid with his like autoimmune disease. So he, he's in a bubble. He's like a boy in a bubble. Yeah. And they go for a treatment. And it's like big old mansion that's, you know, hermetically sealed or something like that. And he's being treated, but it's making him worse. And he, and he has a ghostly, um, Max from, from Stranger Things is in it. Um, Sadie Sink. And, uh, she's like talking to him outside and, and he's inside. And, and, you know, he's just this poor kid until the end. Everything goes bad at the very end. And it turns out it's very, it becomes kind of a mini exorcist movie because it turns out, he doesn't have this any illness. His parents were just trying to make him not go outside so he wouldn't do bad things because he is the half son of, of the devil, mm-hmm. which you naturally you, you turn him into a boy in a bubble. You can't be a half that. son of the devil. Yes, you can. Well, you're right. The son it's of the, the son devil. The son of the devil. No, he's the son of the devil. <laughs> what am I thinking? Lily started growling. Lily is the son of the, the daughter <laughs> of the devil. The clearly. devil's presence. She might have. So he goes bad and he starts and he kills these nuns and all kinds of stuff like that. But and Sadie Sink, it turns out, is his half sister. Yeah. She is also a child of Satan. And they make his mom drive him off to <laughs> somewhere, like to see the big guy or something like that. <laughs> well, oh, his mom? Uh, what? His mom didn't die? No, okay. she didn't die. He let her live. He killed his dad. He and all the the nurses and who were actually nuns, it mm-hmm. turns out, and trying to exercise this demon and then try to kill him with a big iron knife, but he stops them, kills them, and goes off with his half sister, forcing oh, okay. his mom to drive him off. So it really was a good movie until the end. The end was was embarrassing. Number, I don't know uh, what. See this? I, I don't 11? this math. It's, no. well, it's number four. So what's thirteen? Is this nine? I don't know. I, uh. Just say next. Who cares? Next. The Exorcist from 1973, of course. The I won't go into a ton of detail on this. I will a little bit because I want to re- recount what she did. We covered this in a recent episode about mm-hmm. Roland Doe, the Maryland teenager whose real-life demonic possession inspired this movie, The Exorcist. Yeah. This real life inspired, in quotation marks. And, and, and some, some heavy quotes there. This would be higher on the list if it wasn't for 12-year-old Reagan was possessed by Pazuzu. Yeah. So is she really doing these terrible things? I don't know. Well, no, well, she's not, but it's still. I know. Is, well, but yeah. it, you can't not have The Exorcist on a list of Correct. horror movies with kids doing terrible things. I still feel like Reagan could have done something a little more. She's in there somewhere. She sort of fought a little harder, so I do blame her in part. That's victim blaming. You shouldn't yeah, I know, but she, she shouldn't have been such a uh, you know wimp. I just don't feel like she tried hard hard enough not to vomit in streams on priests' faces, not to levitate, not to do terrible things again to crucifixes, not to turn her head all the way around, and not to uh, verbally abuse priests. She didn't do any of those things. She did. I'm saying she could have helped. She could have helped stop it. That's all I'm saying. She first, we'll just give a quick uh, catalog of the terrible things that she did do are Pazuzu well, did. You just did. She she did more. She actually killed people. You can't, a lot of people forget that. Mm-hmm. She did. So the first one is... Oh, yeah. The director of the movie... So his, her mom is doing a movie. Willie. Her mom is Chris, I believe, played by... Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn. She's doing a movie. She's an actor. Her buddy is the director of that movie, and they're staying... I, I, 
either his house or something like that. Big, beautiful house in the Washington, D.C. area. And he falls down some stairs yeah. and Lots is killed. And it's like, oh, it's an accident. But the body, the neck is twisted all the way around. <laughs> so it was Reagan. Then Father Marin, <laughs> he's the old priest. Yeah. So they need a new priest and a, and a young priest, or an old priest and a young priest. Father Marin is found <laughs> dead in the room when he's left alone with Reagan. But he kind of had a heart condition because they showed him taking nitroglycerin pills. So mm. I don't know. Was it her, her fault? Was it Pazuzu? Maybe. But then the young priest, Father Karras, he comes in, finds dead Father Marin. He demands the demon leave Reagan and take him. Like, take me instead. And it does, surprisingly. So he immediately jumps out the window to his death. Also, I, I, not killing the demon, but I guess freeing Reagan of its possession. Yeah. The end. So she does cause a some deaths, deaths, a few deaths. Mm-hmm. Reagan also, the worst crime that Reagan did was unnerving audiences for anyone who's seen the deleted scene where she crab walks down a flight mm. of stairs, upside down, you know, with her, her head first, <laughs> with her head pointing, the crown of the head pointing down toward the stairs. It's a freaky scene. It's very frightening. It was so scary to test audiences that they actually deleted the scene for that reason. They deleted the scene in a horror movie that was too scary, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. It's like, I know it's a comedy, but that's too funny. We don't need to take that out. People will, will pee. So... <laughs> Makes no sense because it's same, it, but but it's a really good scene. Same reaction. Yeah. yeah. Overall, then Reagan's not very good. But if we assume that Pazuzu is, how about we her. we assume Pazuzu is like a young demon, no. and so we still have no. Okay. Oh, sorry, I tried. Literally, ageless. Number, I want to say eight. Could be seven. I'm not sure. Case 39 from 2009. Never heard of it, have you? Yes, I feel I like have. I have. What? All right. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you're, you're I had not. Ones. 10-year-old girl named ominously Lilith. Never a good sign. Never a good sign. She is rescued from a seemingly abusive family by a social worker and taken home with her. That's the basic premise. Mm-hmm. So it's a very kind thing to do, but it turns out it's very misplaced kindness. Renee Zellweger is yeah. that well-meaning social worker. Her name is Emily. She wants to protect this troubled girl. She thinks that it's like her grades are bad or something like that. So she thinks she's being abused at home by her parents. And so she gives her her phone number or her private phone number. And then that night, Lilith calls her like, oh, my parents are coming in. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. Come help me. So she gets her cop friend played by Ian McShane and they rush over there to the house and they stop the parents from putting her into the oven to cook her alive. That's how they're going to take care of this their problem here. My goodness. Yeah. Like she's a lobster. A presumably an oversized oven? I'm not sure. I haven't seen this movie. How yeah, old is she supposed point. to be? She's 10. Oh. 10 years old. So they're oh. going to stuff in the oven. I, I, if you take out the racks. Industrial oven. Maybe it's a big one. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think so. If you take out, this is a horrible, horrible conversation. <laughs> but if you take out the racks, could you fit a small, could you fit a 10 year old into Probably an oven? not. I don't think uh, so. At least not know. like one that's willing. I, <laughs> Unwilling, you mean? <laughs> well, you know, they'd it's two be, adults. So if they fold it up. Yeah, and you know, hold it closed, like, you know, yeah. Anyway, they're stopped and they're sent to a, like a psychiatric institution or something like that, right? Or jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Lilith then 
begs Emily, Renee Zellweger, uh-huh. to take her home. Let us stay at her house. She's going to take her to, I don't know, foster care or something like mm-hmm. that. But she says, no, 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 I'll stay with you. And so Emily relents and she lets her. Is that and, legal? Uh, let's pretend it is. Sure. For it the sake of the movie, movies. we kind of have. Yeah, yeah. It, it probably. <laughs> I'm sure it only happens in movies, but yes. it happens in movies. It's like two weeks later or so. Another patient of of Renee's, Zellberg, of Emily's, murders. He's a boy. He murders his parents brutally in the middle of the night. And when the police look into it, it turns out he the last phone call he received at that house was from Emily's house. Mm-hmm. Emily knows she didn't make that phone call, so she's a little suspicious of. Lilith at this point a little bit she's not sure what that means exactly so she takes Lilith to her friend a psychologist played by Bradley Cooper oh (laughs) I don't (laughs) know Rory Calhoun Bradley Cooper (laughs) is a psychologist he's called in and during the session she like turns it around on him and starts basically making it about him and freaks him the fuck out who, Lilith? Brad, uh, Lilith does that to Bradley yeah. Cooper. Freaks him out, scares the shit out of him. He reports back that, I don't like this kid, and I'm not seeing her anymore. <laughs> and, and in fact, I think she even... Oh, yeah, okay. So the ne- that night or, or later, I guess during the session, he admitted that his greatest fear was hornets. Specifically his hornets. You know, so, if he's allergic. I guess so. So during the night, he apparently hallucinates that there's hornets in his body and they start flying out of his orifices and in his desperation and terror, he kills himself. Oh, uh. Lord. So Lilith. Getting wise now, Emily goes to see the parents. She's not allowed to see the mother, but she is allowed to see the father. The dad tells her that Lilith is indeed not a little girl. She is a succubus oh. or something like that. She feeds off of you. In this case, she feeds off your emotion. So you're very kind to her, Renee, Emily. So she's feeding positive, positively off your emotion, but she'll drain you and leave you. And otherwise, she feeds off like fear and, and things like that. So that's why she freaks these people out and, and she makes them have hallucinations and she feeds off that. So no, she's not the half-devil son of Satan, but she is a pretty vile little demon thing that does bad things. And she then tells Emily... I'm sorry, he, the dad. So the dad tells Emily, okay, so you're going to have to kill her, but you have to wait till she's asleep. You can only kill her when she's asleep. I don't know how that figures out the the oven thing. I don't, again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if she was sleeping when they tried to put it in their oven or what, but he says, you got to get her to sleep, and she rarely goes to sleep because, you know, she's a demon. Yeah, and they don't need much sleep. They don't, they don't. They're well known for surviving in like an hour or two a day. So somehow Lilith kind of gets wise to Renee Zellweger. Emily is on to her. So she, or, or, or that somehow she gets, she knows that Emily is on to her and is talking to the parents. Uh-huh. So in, in her prison, she makes the mom, Lilith somehow makes her mother, who's again in the psychiatric ward, hallucinate that she's burning alive. And she all, it gets her dad to hallucinate. He goes, like another inmate talks to him and he he she Lilith makes the dad think it's like Lilith's voice so the dad attacks the inmate who the inmate then stabs the dad in the eyeball oh god so she makes yeah i don't know yeah. how she found out i don't know exactly but again she's a demon let's excuse demon that. powers yeah yep demon powers mm-hmm. he then some, then the cop is going to come over to help and he's rushing to help the Ian McShane the cop and he's got a shotgun to confront Lilith <laughs> and he's in his car driving over and she 
makes him hallucinate that he's being attacked by dogs and trying to shoot one of the Rottweilers or whatever with the shotgun. He actually shoots himself and kills Some himself oh, with that shotgun. I don't know about shotgun. the logistics of that. I'm not sure either. Sure. So there's only one thing left for Emily to do. And that's to pretend to drive Lilith to some safe place where she'll be okay and they live happily ever after. But instead, she starts doing this high-speed chase. She starts driving crazy and erratically at high speed and then heads right for a pier (gasps) in a lake and she flies right off that pier into the lake. She then struggles with Lilith and tries to like, I guess she's, uh, you know, it's one of those trunks that's accessible if you pull the seat back, right? Oh, yeah. So she tries to get her behind the seat and then force the seat back to lock her in the trunk as the car is starting to Sinking, sink yeah. into the lake. And I think she's able to lock it. And she, Emily, gets out and gets to, to the shore and turns around. And, and the car has sunk completely with Lilith inside it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it worked. It's the end. There's no wow. more at Lilith. Are is there? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You see a little bitch. No, it turns out there is. It's, it's gone. She's dead. Not even air bubbles. She actually did. It actually did work. That's the ending of the movie. I mean, that's how you kill a demon, whether you're an old priest or a young priest or a mom or a social worker. See now. Yeah, then, but then she's going to go to prison for the rest of her life. No, she's not because like she she's fine. Now, I saw, I saw it ends, but turns out there was an alternate ending and they filmed that alternate ending so that it indicates they're pretty. Inst- um, serious about it. In this a- other ending, some passerby rescues first Lilith and then Emily uh-huh. pulls them both to shore and the the car submerges just like it did before, but there's no one in that this time. The police arrive because I guess they saw her driving erratically and they arrest Emily yeah. and they handcuff her and as she's screaming, where's Lilith? Where's Lilith? She's, you know, she's awful. Um, we... Lilith is being taken away by the police very kindly. We yeah. end this movie. It ends with Lilith being introduced to her new foster family. Ding dong. They did not mm. go for that. They went for the uh, kill Lilith. The actual yeah. final. Mm-hmm. I think that is a bit more um, subversive, actually. The, the oh, absolutely. Genre. No, I agree. I'm so tired of the, you know, little hint at the end that's not over. No shit, it's not over because we make more money with dumb sequels. Yeah. So. yeah. But so this one. They left it open. They did leave it. Well, no, she's dead. Well, I guess the demon could yeah, be somewhat exactly. drown-proof, I guess. Okay, that was part one of Kids Behaving Badly. Next up, please listen to part two. We have some classics still to come and our number one movie with scary, terrible kids. You'll never guess what it is. Nope. Nope. <laughs>